Well, everyone, welcome back to the Spiritual Nomad podcast. I know it has been quite some time since we've posted any episodes, and I am excited to break the silence today with a very special guest, a good friend of mine named Josh Thompson. Uh, Josh is a uh, drummer, all-around amazing dude. He plays drums in the 80s band Wang Chung, as well as Cutting Crew. And uh, we've known Josh for probably about six months now. Uh, He lives here in San Diego. Uh, I actually know his sister and brother-in-law quite well. And it's been really cool to develop a friendship with Josh over the past six months. And it became evident just from hanging out and having conversations that we needed to sit down and uh, hit record and have a really good conversation. And that's what ended up being. And so Josh came over here to the apartment and um, we had a couple beers and it was a great time and i'm really excited for you guys to hear this and just uh, really just identify i think a lot with josh uh, and his story uh, from being a pastor's kid growing up uh, in a very small uh, community uh, to then living in a uh, suburb of uh, san diego area called hillcrest and just kind of the complete opposite of what he's grown up with so I think for any of you that are out there with stories that um, maybe you came from more of a conservative background, maybe you came from more of a small town background and are venturing out into bigger, wider spaces in life, I think you're really going to identify with Josh. So uh, in addition uh, to that, uh, I want to just share with you about what we're going to be doing. So I'm going to start having some people on periodically, kind of get this podcast fired back up. Um, I don't think it's going to be weekly at this point. I'm thinking more of a monthly podcast. Uh, So if you want to go ahead and hit subscribe, um, you can be notified whenever we do post new episodes. Also, we're online, uh, social media, at Spiritual Nomad Podcast. And I will just give a quick little preface before we jump into the um, talk here with Josh. It is just a little bit noisy at the very beginning. We're kind of getting some stuff. Um, you know, situated and things of that nature. So excuse a little bit of that noise, uh, but it only lasts for about a minute. So I just wanted to give a quick little preface there, uh, getting all the podcast gear back out. So that's what you're hearing. Um, So without further ado, enjoy this episode with my good friend, Josh. Just like this beer. Cheers, 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 cheers. cheers. Thank you. You were welcome. Dude, that is good. Tasty stuff, huh? Lagunitas. Yeah. Twelfth of November. Do you like their their like regular IPA? Oh yeah. Yeah. For sure. Dude, this is yeah. Ever since this came out, it's just been it sits on my palate like so nice. I like it. It's so good. Yeah, not too bitter. Yeah, it's pretty smooth. I like it. So is it? It's not an IPA though. It's just an ale. Uh yeah, but like honestly, I not just it has but... like a it has some hoppiness to it. Oh yeah, in my, in my opinion, like uh, absolutely, um, and I think that's kind of what I like about it. Is it, it doesn't like have that hoppy bite to it, but has like this subtle hint of. Hops it definitely has that the I bite. Really like, but it's not like the um, it's not like their regular IPAs for sure. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. That are all like I don't know. Like we, I think we have enough IPAs for right now, especially like San Diego breweries. I just think everybody is like trying to put their best IPA foot forward and I'm like you know I think it's going out man you think so I well I I mean I see I feel like I feel like it's not maybe it's not going out but I definitely think the diversification of beers is is imminent you know really I think so man I think there's going to be craft lagers that's going to become a big fad I don't know why I hope so like 
I just had this thought of, I don't know, just people getting really funky with loggers. Because I feel yeah. like it's one of those, loggers one of those things that like every standard beer ever, like sure. Budweiser, yeah. or, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's, it's all lager. And I feel like eventually the craftiness, however they're going to do that, yeah. is going to like, it's going to be once again this like hipster revolution that like happened with IPAs. Yeah, and it's yeah. going to be like <laughs> this really cool thing to revolutionize something that's like really ordinary oh yeah you know I so. hope so I mean that would be great dude I I mean I just think we have there's just so many IPAs out there like every shelf is just like it, they, yeah. they scooch all the like the ambers and the lagers and everything to the back and it's just like it's the modern times the IPA yeah the blah 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 which which is good is so good you brought it over to Doug and Rebecca's oh, and the blazing world it's just, Dude, yeah, I love that. It's so good. tasty. So good, man. Speaking well, of things that are good, I actually, uh, I've been, uh, listen, we're not recording, are we? Yeah, no, we go are. ahead. What? I'm going to, I'll stop no, it. No, no, you, don't, no, you it. don't have to. You don't have to. I would just let I'm you, just getting level as long. No, you're good. I was just letting you know that I, I uh, know I listened to, uh, uh, I've been kind of listening to all of them and I listened to like the last two um, specifically yeah uh, of institutional exodus and um, which I loved I thought that and I want I want to hear some feedback actually from people like you sure. that have listened to them I want to hear feedback from it you know yeah absolutely if that's what you're gonna give me no no yeah. I and I'll be I'll be happy to, to give that to you um, but I was gonna comment like you told or you mentioned a uh, a liturgist podcast uh, called uh, the one about names. Yes, and I listened to that one today. That was really good, dude. I really so enjoyed good. that, and uh, yeah, I, I so I was like, yeah, I have you to thank for that. So I, I I thought I'd listened to all of those, and I was like, I don't recognize that title. And then yeah. I, I looked it up and I was like, no, I don't think this is one that I've actually listened to. That's what do you really think good. about that? Like, what do you think about um, like Michael Gunger talking about? Vishnu Das, like him becoming that. I'm curious what you think about that, and, and maybe we'll we'll tie into some some of your other story sure. too. You know, uh, give some background, but just off the get go, I'm curious what your thoughts are on that. I mean, it seems like he had a very personal experience that was meaningful to him, mm-hmm. and you know, I think that it's sad that like he has to like prepare people that are going to feel threatened Mm. by that. Like I find that very, very sad, Mm. you know, because it's just like, but Vishnu is Hindu. Right. Yeah. How could you? And it's like, (laughs) no, like, and I, I mean, I I haven't actually read any, any Ram Dass or anything like that, but uh, I have, uh, uh, I've heard a lot of, of good things, you know, about, about him and I mean how could after you if you listen to that you know that experience with him I mean there's nothing bad there like this such a beautiful experience and it's like and for him to just feel power in in that name um especially yeah it's a beautiful thing I think you know like this is it's beautiful and I I mean it just sounds like a very personal experience like I don't feel like I need to now have a have a new name yeah. Um, you know, and he or, even tells people like, you don't have to call me this. Yeah. You know, and doesn't even encourage right. it. Right. You know, he's like, my wife calls it. me. Yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's what's cool. And even, you know, even doing the Spiritual Nomad podcast, you know, I've 
put myself out there in a lot of ways that like I feel like not to the extreme that I think Gunger has it, yeah. you know, by any means. He certainly had a big platform before he started to, you know, uh, yeah. I guess in his words, wake up in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I feel like I don't have that, but even, um, and I haven't come to an extreme as part of what he did as far as changing my name to a Hindi name or anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, I feel like I sense that in a lot of ways, even in, in what, what I do and maybe in what you do as well, where you feel like you have to preface that with people, you know, that have the other paradigm and have a very narrow worldview that we've kind of grown up with. And you feel yourself having to kind of like cushion the statement you're about to make or whatever. And I think that he definitely was doing that, that episode, dude. He was like, he didn't even really get to the punchline until the end. No, no, you know? And it's like, You know, so I, I totally feel that. And it's, it's, it's kind of hard, man, you know, because you're, you want to be honest about your experience. Yeah. And what do you do with some of these things that are meaningful to you that have impacted you and the people that you care about most, they don't think, they think it's going to be a harmful thing for you. It's going to be something to lead you astray or whatever, you know, so absolutely do you feel you feel that way too sometimes oh, oh yeah man i i uh i feel like i have this conversation a lot um with uh with my family um and my family i will state first and foremost that, like they're highly um accepting and 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 warm and open-minded individuals yeah. um but you know a lot of what I experience and um, a lot of the a lot of the thoughts and, and ideas that I allow myself to kind of explore are unfamiliar to them mm. and you know I I know that it's kind of unsettling and, and threatening to them like it has to be because it was to me when I first started like going down yeah. that path or like exploring those ideas because subconsciously, I start, I start going down a path and exploring an idea, and then subconsciously I'm like, "But wait, we don't believe that." Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and. Um, but what does the tribe say about this? Yeah, exactly. You know? And yeah. you have your tribal leaders, and, and your family are kind of your, uh, your people that are, you know, yeah. in the in the culture with you that yeah. you came in. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I just want to warn you right away. I am the king of getting off topic. So you'll <laughs> have to forgive me. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I don't know how we, how, or you were asking, I think you were asking what my family thinks. About yeah. And, and that's, that's a thing too. And I don't want to pull that off topic too much. And mm-hmm. so Mike, with that, you have a history with your family that uh, has kind of set that paradigm up for you you know yeah and i, I know I, I realize i cut you off on that point no, no, no. you know <laughs> and interjected <laughs> there but you know but really um the reason that you feel like it, it's there you said they're open they're accepting they're definitely they're for you they're for you as josh yeah um but some of your experiences maybe feel threatening to the the narrative that, that has been with your family yeah yeah, definitely. Um, it's so interesting. I, I think that um, 
Well, I guess a little bit of a preface uh, as to my my, uh, my upbringing. Um, I'm 35. Uh, my father was uh, 57 whenever he had me. Wow. Uh, so I, I had a huge, I didn't realize that. Yeah. <laughs> had a huge generational gap between me and my dad. Um, my mom is actually 21 years younger than him. Um, really? Yeah. And so like huge generation gap between them as well. And, uh, and so, you know, I, my dad grew up, um, like in the heart of the Bible belt, like mm. when the, the reasons why we call it the Bible belt were being formed, mm. I feel like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like my dad was a part of that. He was a part of like Oral Roberts and the tent revivals. Of, yeah. You know, yeah. Just, uh, all that stuff. And, um, you know, and he was a pastor. Uh, and so I grew up in church and, uh, yeah, like my dad had, um, my dad had a lot of uneducated opinions about the Bible. Mm. Like if I'm just going to be blunt, like yeah. he, he really is just some of this stuff where I'm like, dad, you, you, you did not think this, this through, mm. like and and I think but I, and all that to say like you know I feel like I've I've kind of rejected a large portion of like a lot of the things that my dad held on to mm-hmm. ideologically growing up um, that like the reason why my dad was who he was which was a a, a great man you know like totally a, like a we had three funeral services for him just to accommodate the amount of people, you know? And, uh, and that was just because he truly loved people, you know, like, and that's the thing that my dad taught me, Mm -hmm. you know? And so, but, and so I'm like, I, I, I have that inside me, everything else, you know, it, so much of it is just such bullshit. Right. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Like it, it, it is. How did you, but even at a young age, how did you begin to see, the the shift you know in yourself from the things that you were obviously brought up and he was your dad you know what I mean so I mean when you're a parent you're and that's on my end now being a parent it's super scary you know and even my mom and dad were out here and and I could tell they're (laughs) just because where I'm at even spiritually they're like nervous for their grandkids sort of thing you know and it's like because parents have a huge you know they should they're supposed to have a huge uh, piece in the structure formation of a kid. Mm-hmm. When do you think you started to see like the difference between maybe, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on this assumption, the genuine love that your dad had for people, yet the obvious sort of um, opposition of that in in theology. You sure. know, it seemed like from your stories that you've told, super funny yeah. stories about <laughs> your dad. It's been like. His practice was super authentic and well-meaning, but like his thought, his theology, his way of perceiving um, the world and things was like, mm, there was kind of a a disconnect that maybe he even couldn't see in that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, partially because he only had one eye. So maybe that has something. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. That's not even a joke. It's true. You saw saw the eye. I did see the eye. We're we're uh, our, so uh, Josh's sister, uh, Rebecca, uh, I'm friends with his sister and husband, Doug, and we're over at their house hanging out for you listeners. And 
<laughs> they literally brought this up about their dad have one eye and like I think I don't know if it was Rebecca or their daughter Tara or somebody they they brought out this eye and I'm like I had no idea she had it <laughs> like it, 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 Tara said she used to take it to school for show and tell and stuff so <laughs> uh, I had no idea I had no idea she had it I know I just like it's so weird she brought it out and I just looked at it I'm like I have looked into this eye so many times right yeah i'm in trouble and it's so this eye has been pissed off of me and it's still here (laughs) it's like hillbilly sodom (laughs) looking at me staring back at me oh my gosh that was was for my buddy paul he's a big lord of the rings nerd but um, there you go so when, when do you feel like you started to see the Maybe the maybe you beginning to change or at least observing that difference yeah i i feel like what I can answer to is like the when I begin to feel kind of the the change in myself, um, I feel like I can simplify it by by saying that the you won't understand the world, you won't understand the people in it until you are around it. Mm. And I wasn't. I grew up in a very small town. Yeah, and um, I, I I wasn't really surrounded by by different people um, and, and different opinions. Um, you know, you you go to the same church, you see the same people, and you all agree with each other every damn week. You Did know? you go to the public school or no? Okay. <laughs> no, I went to a private Christian school. Okay, uh, I says believe, a lot. Yeah, the, <laughs> the, yeah, the, in in a town of twelve thousand people. Really? Yeah, the only Christian school in that town. That's right. And that that in and of itself is a is a wild. That's crazy. You guys had one Christian school that actually agreed and got along, though. I mean, yeah. typically you get more than a few Christians together, and they're fighting in That's no time. True. So yeah, I, I take that back. I think there was a second, but I think it, that one shut down after a while. But you know, I, I, I just, I wasn't. It wasn't until um, I left that town when I was eighteen, and uh, by that time, you know, the the generational gap between my father and I you know, was just about as far as it can get, you know, and he, I was a teenager and it was real. I mean, it was really hard for us to both understand each other, deep love for each other. You know, I didn't, what what shifted in you though, to feel like you were, had even the aware, because it's, what's peculiar to me is that someone like yourself, Mm -hmm. a little bit about you for people tuning in is you live in San Diego, you live in Hillcrest, Mm -hmm. Super cool neighborhood. Sherman Heights now. Oh, Sherman Heights. Oh, yeah. Okay, so you moved not because it's super gay in Hillcrest, but be, probably because, <laughs> you know, whatever. But the point is, is that you, and by gay, I mean literally, I mean, if nobody lives in San Diego listening to this, Google Hillcrest San Diego and, you know, <laughs> it, it's it's a really cool area. I mean, someone like from your upbringing wouldn't find themselves living in Hillcrest. Right. In that culture, in that community, you know, and we need to talk about too. You play drums in Wang Chung, uh, <laughs> now Haircut One Hundred as well, Wang. and, and uh, Cutting Crew, right? You know, and yeah. after this, you're gonna die in my arms tonight, Hey-o. and <laughs> all sorts of fun stuff. But so <laughs> the thing is, so what I'm saying is, is you 
got into that, you're, you're out here now, that obviously began then, but there's a lot of kids yeah. that grow up in that culture, they're indoctrinated into that, yeah. they stay right there, and buddy, they're going to be a Bible-believing preacher just like their daddy was till the day they rot in the grave too, you yeah. know, or whatever. And it's like, that was kind of extreme, but no, you I, get what I, I mean. I do. So how, when did that begin to have a, a, a realization of that difference? It, it, it was after I moved away, um, I actually went to a, um, I call it, I call it a Bible college on crack. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. It was a it was a nine month discipleship program called Master's Commission. Okay, uh, maybe yeah. some of your listeners have heard of it. Um, yeah, it's just sort of like uh, uh, this, you know, it's nine month discipleship program where you go uh, and we worked alongside this big mega church in Phoenix, uh, and uh, you know we did a lot of stuff that is was good. We did some stuff that I just feel like was more of a waste of time. But essentially <laughs> there I, I met um, I met a few of just my or I should say my best friends uh, to this day. And uh, we came out of that culture uh, and we we're all like, well, we're none of us are called to be youth pastors, uh, and because <laughs> that's what you do, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. If you look kind of cool, you know. Well, in that culture, in the master's commission culture, you either become youth pastors, or you stay in master's commission forever, um, mm. or you leave with a little bit of a better taste in your mouth. <laughs> yeah, that tended to be the trend. Not uh, like you and. Doug, even really, I don't. I mean, we can't speak for him, of course, but I think he had a great time. He obviously he met yeah. his wife. Yeah, no, absolutely. That. And I, I, yeah, I genuinely am grateful for my time there. But I, I, I met my best friends. We um, found our passion uh, was was music and not like ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and so yeah, we started a band and we ended up moving to here to San Diego in like 2003, and you know. I from that point I'm like I'm dying my hair I'm listening to good music because literally my entire life I, I was not allowed to listen to like good music and so therefore the bad music that I'm not allowed to listen to that slips through the cracks is like the really bad music like Linkin Park no, <laughs> no offense I, I have a general respect for Linkin Park now but you know I <laughs> I started you don't mean really bad as in like the Christian idea of good and bad. You mean just like not good, not good artist music. music. Right. Well, I went from listening to bad music, which is Christian music. Right, right. Sorry. Sorry, but I, I can't Nobody stand listening. I can't gonna... stand Christian music. Um, it shouldn't exist in my opinion. But um, anyway, that's besides the point. And then like I started... Says the drummer from Wang Chung. Right. <laughs> what an a-hole. Um, so, and I... I I started just becoming, but to tell you the truth, to answer your question, I started being surrounded by people that were different than me. And to be honest with you, people that at first kind of made me uncomfortable. Yeah. And that's what it is. That's what the key is because that's, that's where people are. That's where culture is. The culture is in, it's, it's in the dirt. It's in the gutter. Yeah. You know, and, and I be, the more just crappy dive bars I found myself hanging out in the more I begin to develop I should say we together begin to develop genuine relationships yeah. with people and I began to see a lot of a lot of my biases begin to come to the forefront yeah and I just how did that flush out I think it just it flushes out through uh, just 
break like breaking down the walls of just caricature that you that mm. you create people out to be. I mean, when I grew up, we're holding. I'm holding a beer in my hand right now. When I grew up, if I saw someone with a beer in their hand, mm. they would need. They could be saving a puppy, and I would automatically just subconsciously, without even thinking of it, I would assume certain things about their life and their lifestyle mm. and uh you know I, that that took me a very very long time to shake off mm. and you know it's it's since then that um i have found myself you know uh surrounded by every different kind of of culture or 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 uh individual um or race you know um, yeah. you know LGBTQ, like, you know, transgender, everybody. And it's just like, the more you get to know people, yeah, the more those, those biases and just those that, I mean, to be honest with you, I'm going to get a, I'm going to get the most spiritual that I've gotten in a long time right here on this podcast. <laughs> it's fucking Satan, dude. <laughs> like yeah. it, it's, it's division. Yeah. You know, it is that, that thing that, that he's trying to use to get us um, to stay away from the, from people who need love, you know, the most. Yes. And we, they don't just need our love. Okay. We need them. You yeah. know what I mean? It's not like yeah. well, we have a message and we got to go. No, no, no. Like we need them too. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it, it was through spending time with people that, to be honest with you, like my, the old people in my dad's church or my dad, um, or like, you know, maybe some members of my family, probably won't find themselves in those same circles right it was being in those circles that that kind of i think just woke me up a little bit and i I just um that has has just been a a, a constantly evolving um and progressive uh journey for me um do you remember the time frame that you felt like you shifted from judging some of that to actually being like because there was a time and even for me too it's this idea that like these people are they're obviously off but we gotta love them and love the sinner but hate (laughs) the sin and and all this stuff and you know you feel like you you have the true message in you and you're kind of looking for places to to plant in water you know so God can bring that growth you know and I'm I poked fun at it a little bit, but but not I, you know whatever people can take from it what they want to because they do that anyway. Yep. But I know, yep. I'm with you. The thing is, is there becomes a shift like exactly what you're saying that like, okay, I don't have something that I'm holding back that I need to give them to change them, but actually like what you're saying is seeing this in a more of like a holistic thing of like, oh, this is actually teaching me just as much as whatever this thing is that I'm supposed to be teaching them. Yeah. You know, like, Mm -hmm. and a lot of times we can't pinpoint it down to maybe a night or a circumstance or sometimes it's like, oh, this, you know, to use some Christianese, this season of my life, you know, which is true Mm -hmm. chapter season of life. You know, do you remember when about that was that you began to think like these people aren't offensive to me? They are actually uh, helping me shape, Mm -hmm. you know, do you remember about when that was in your journey? Yeah, I, I I think um, towards like in, toward the end of my uh, uh, I moved back to San Diego in 2013 um, 
from from Salt Lake City, where I had been for about uh, seven years with uh, my best friends that I had mentioned. Um, we were at Nam with, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So Jacob, cool. Paul, um, and Matt, and uh, yeah, and I think I think the 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 root of that really started there. Um, in Salt Lake City. In Salt Lake City, yeah. Cool. And, you know, I, it, which is funny for a lot of people. Yeah. They think Salt Lake City, they don't think a place where your mind's expanding to well, inclusiveness. Yeah, you know? I know, absolutely. But that's amazing because Salt Lake City is actually just such a, a proving ground for, um, you know, for that kind of, uh, of experience because um, there's such a counterculture of of people there who who have grown up within the, you know the LDS church and and you know they they reach their uh, they re- they reach their their boiling point and then they just you know fingers up to the church and they walk away right. and uh, you know I think it I think it started it started there um, and I remember like specifically uh, at one of our favorite bars actually I should say our favorite bar we played there every single week and uh, you know there was it's one of those places you walk in and you're gonna see the same people every single time yeah and we were all sitting around a table and you know they were discussing religion um, none of them go to church meanwhile you know me Paul Dago Matt or like all of us go to church right you know and and one of them uh, you know made this comment because we were talking about religion and everything like that and he's just like man what I just say, like, F all religion. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and you know, we kind of made this blanket statement. And I remember, like, I remember smiling at that um, because we came out of this ministry school. Yeah. And I just, so many other people would have heard that statement, like people that I went to, to that school with who would have heard that statement and would just, God, it just, it just breaks my heart, you know? Like, <laughs> I just, to hear that. And I just got the biggest smile across my face. Yeah. When he said that, because and the thought came to my mind, and I was just like, "Oh man, that's great that yeah. he just said that." Because now there's only room for Jesus. Yeah. Like. Right. And, and since then, my life has just been getting rid of religion to make room for Jesus, and that's a very blanket statement, and it's a totally. lot. But it's a but that. Yeah, that that's I think that is is. Uh, and to tell you the truth, that has kind of that process has um, progressed. Uh, I would say even you know, up until like the last like two years. Uh, I think two years ago, um, a really really good friend of mine uh, came out as, uh, as as a lesbian, and you know I wasn't like oh my god I can't believe it, mm-hmm. but I remember just being like oh man like. I just wonder if there's going to be like I question whether or not there could be any fruit from that. Yeah. And I think that you know this is a t- this is a touchy subject, and you know I respect the fact that um, we were talking about the liturgists earlier, um, and their episode on the LGBTQ is fantastic because is that like episode seven or I something think so. like yeah. that. Yeah. In the very because in the very beginning, um, you know, Michael Gunger is very he's like I just want to say right now. Not every one of us here feel the same way about this, uh, and mm-hmm. and and I respect that a lot. Um, but I begin to that began to really strip away. I feel like some of the final just things that I was holding on to, right. like subconsciously, where I'm just kind of going, 
I, I guess what I could say is it forced me to examine mm-hmm. how I what I truly think. And man, when you begin to do that and you right. begin to like people are like, well, have you looked it up in scripture? And it's like when you really begin to look into it, I'm just kind of going, I'm not saying it's cut and dry, but I am just I'm blown away at just how much, you know, how just how much like God reveals things to me um, in and around his word. Like, yes. you know, what I mean? like yeah. I, I'm blown away. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because I, and, and I'm not saying like, you know, I don't feel like, oh, like I have all the answers right now, but I like, I feel, and, and to tell you the truth, uh, what actually sparked that, which uh, another thing that, you know, had kind of continued to change my heart and the way that I look at things uh, is, God bless him, Rob Bell. Dude, <laughs> can we just have a, a cheers for freaking Rob absolutely. Bell? Cheers. Gosh, so no, good. Absolutely. And, you know, my, my, oh, my God, partner right now, my partner right now is listening, probably listening to this and laughing because I... Um, I, and I love the fact that in one of your episodes, you, uh, uh, said that you're like, I don't know why I didn't like that guy. Yes. And, and the thing is, I, I listened to that and that was actually the first episode I listened to. Um, I was like, oh my gosh, like I exactly, it's the exact same thing for me. I was like, I, I did not know why. I yeah. didn't like Rob Bell. Yeah. And the guy's not perfect, but I, I just remember like jumping on this bandwagon and I was like, where did this even come from? Yeah. Like, why am I even like, why am I on this? I'm, I feel like I'm just, I woke up and I'm on this bandwagon. And I'm like, I don't even remember signing up to be on this. Right. You right. know what I mean? And but the, but our, our circle told us that, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. I think that's much of not just Christianity, but just religion in general. We, we take hard stances and positions because, well, this is what, you know, the tribal leader said. Mm-hmm. And we don't really know why or whatever. Yeah. You know, cause I remember that book came out, Love Wins. And, you know, I was at, um, are you familiar with YWAM Youth with a Mission? Oh, yeah. Uh, so Lindsay and I, we did like just the lecture phase of a, a discipleship training school. And we actually didn't do the outreach portion mm-hmm. of it. Long story, whatever. But I remember being there and it came out and everybody, oh, Rob Bell, heretic, doesn't believe in hell and all this stuff. And I was just like, okay, I guess that's what it was. And it doesn't like help the situation that a person that was very influential to me in Orlando at that time was, I didn't know it until later, but he was a Calvinist, you know? And some of our (laughs) listeners, you're even going to be like, what is a Calvinist? Google it and you'll just see a big bushy air, a bushy eyebrowed guy that just seems to be mad for no reason and doesn't do anything but read stocks and boring stuff, you know, <laughs> and tells people they're chosen to go to hell, you know, oh stuff God. like that. And um, I didn't know that, but I just was like, oh, well, he's saying that this is heresy, so I should too. And and it just kind of stuck with me, mm-hmm. but I always kind of liked them, you know, but I knew I couldn't mm-hmm. listen to them. I love the NUMA videos, like everybody, you yeah. know, sort of did, especially youth group kids. Oh, but yeah, absolutely. That, I think even what you're saying, like, so it doesn't matter. I mean, Rob Bell, um, the L- LGBTQ um, community, uh, whatever it might be, mm-hmm. we form opinions about them and we form stances and really intense prejudices yeah. that we're unwilling to admit to because... 
you know, oh, God is love and Jesus wants, you know, his grace and redemption is for all people and all this stuff. And it seems to me, they don't say this, but in action they say, except for these people. Yeah, absolutely. So never, never verbally. No. But in action, it, it seems to me that's always what it is, oh, you know? Man. Yeah, it really is. I, I, It's so interesting. Like, I, I part of my uh, discovery in, in sort of, uh, and I, I should say, what, what led me to realize my bias against Rob Bell um, was my partner. Uh, she... Uh, you know, she did not. I, I didn't actually tell her I would talk about her on this, so I hope that's okay. Uh, sorry, Leah. Uh, but, we can edit out yeah, whatever. No, so. I think it'll be okay. But you know, she she did not. We come from polar opposite um, upbringings. I mm. I grew up in nothing but church culture. She didn't grow up with religion at all, um, and it wasn't until college that she began to. Uh, just approach religion um, with just honest curiosity. Hmm. I mean, she studied in in college, um, and she and so she is on, you know, she's on her own uh, journey right now yeah. with with faith, and I am I am so jealous of it hmm. because it is it is so unadulterated hmm. by like all of the bullshit that you and I have seen. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, it, it has its own challenges, you know what I mean? Um, but at the same time, uh, it's just so pure. Mm. Um, and, you know, I, I, I've talked about this with my family about, I was like, you know, like, I, I begin to think this whole idea of, of, like, salvation, you know, and I was just like, I, this is going to sound weird, but, like, I am not looking for my girlfriend to say a prayer with me yeah. to accept Jesus in her heart. Like I'm, I'm not. That doesn't sound weird at all. No, man. I mean, like <laughs> yeah. I was just kind of going, like, God, we do this because we need comfort and we need to feel secure. And and you know, some people are like, well, it says if you confess with your mouth and believe right. in your heart. I'm like, Romans yeah, but ten, all there's day, more than that. It's more than that. And I, I do. I do appreciate something that Tim Keller said, which was, you know, when people commit their lives to Christ, what they're what they're doing more so is committing their lives to a process. Yes, I and, love Tim Keller. Dude. And it's like it's 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 evolution. We're evolving. Yeah. You know, like we are, and that is what, and that, that for me, that is what a true relationship with God looks like. You yeah. know, and becoming absolutely. always becoming. Absolutely. You know? um, and and so anyway, she. Um, you know, was sharing this thing uh, that that she read in one of Rob Bell's books called Velvet Elvis, mm-hmm. and uh, and it and I just remember the moment she said Rob Bell, my my mind just completely shut off. Yeah, and I like I can't even remember what she even said. Like I consider myself to be a pretty open-minded individual that'll like hear anybody out, but sub like. The power of the subconscious yes. is so strong that I didn't even, I just shut it off immediately. And after she's after she finished reading it to me, she was like, I don't know, what do you think about that? Isn't that beautiful? That really that just really um, stuck out to me. I really enjoy that. And I was like, Yeah, I don't know, like 
I don't know. Rob Bell's kind of like not really someone that I. I just I completely and she got really <laughs> upset with me, rightfully so. Yeah, and yeah. I yeah. was like, oh my god, why did I do that? And I, I'm telling you, dude, from that moment forward. When was this? This was probably about. Honestly, it was about two years ago. Really, it wasn't even that long ago. It may even be shorter. I, I, I do think it was about over two years ago. And ever since then, like the past two years, I have just been on this, this quiet journey. Like mm-hmm. I, I've been kind of just off in the woods, you know, um, and recalibrating. Um, and Spiritual nomad, man. Yeah, man. Absolutely, <laughs> buddy. That's why I love you. Um, uh, yeah, dude. So how, how has that began to take shape for you? And what I'm curious about is typically we all go through, not we all, it's kind of a bad blanket statement, mm-hmm. but many of us tend to um, you know, adhere to a certain doctrine or a set of rules. We begin to see the world in a little bit of a bigger way. We begin to look at how the way we're perceiving the world and the values that we have and we begin to kind of question the correlation between those and then we go through typically a deconstruction process because our values are equaling what our experiences and then there becomes this you know and I don't know what stage in the process you're in and not that it has to be this like y equals mx plus b process but it seems to be at least for my life understanding these value sets and eventually they don't have to be completely concrete but eventually my values then begin to line up with my worldview and I can have something to begin to build on once again you know Mm -hmm. so um, I'm curious kind of just where you're at over that so it's been the past couple of years Mm -hmm. Um, what does that look like for you how has that been continuously um, reevaluating your value system what you were brought up in and and that nomadic sort of life that you've been living, you know? Yeah. Well, I can tell you it's, it is not what some people might fear in, in going down this path, which is, uh, just free for all, do what you want. I feel like I have, I feel like I have more conviction, Yeah. you know, and, and more, and more, uh, spiritual boundaries, mm-hmm. you know, in my life than, than I ever have. Um, why do you think that is? I think I don't know. Just I mean, maybe maybe just freedom. I I I really don't. And this might sound weird, but like I don't really answer to anyone for yeah. my spiritual life. Mm-hmm. Like I don't have you know. And to tell you the truth, that's something that I have been kind of missing. Uh, you know, when you're in church. Uh, in church culture, you're bombarded by people that you're supposed to be accountable to. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> and then you get away from that, and then, um, you know, it can be very easy to not have that. I think that's a really good thing. Um, I just think that it's supposed to be one or two people <laughs> and not a whole team of pastors. Um, uh, but I don't feel like I'm accountable um, to to anybody. Your freedom and stuff. R- r- right, or uh, accountable to anybody spiritually. Um I, I've had that ability to um, to just really um, wrestle with these things on my own, um, and I've had I've had the um, kind of like the juxtaposition of someone who did not grow up with any faith, who is also on her own journey. Uh, 
that doesn't look anything like mine. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it just balances me out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, that's probably not the answer to the question that you asked. Doesn't you matter. There's no, yeah. <laughs> there's no, there's no really answers to questions, you know? I mean, I just want to, I'm just curious about some of that with you, you know? Yeah. And, and uh, the journey of finding that sort of freedom and that you don't have to answer it or adhere to, you know, a board of elders or anything. And, and it's this place of being in a nomadic spot that you mm-hmm. actually feel like you have, that's what I was asking is you're, like, how do you feel like you have more spiritual control, personal spiritual authority, more fullness, if I could even use that word, mm-hmm. in your life and in your relationship with God? Yet, um, you know, and I know we had this conversation before about, you know, you're not actively in a church. You're not a part of that. You, yeah. you were leading some worship. You did end up leading worship yeah. at a pretty prominent <laughs> San Diego church we yeah. won't name right now. And, <laughs> and you know, you're just kind of like, ah. I don't know. So what what does it mean for you? Because that's the thing too, you know. And my dad's a pastor, and you know I've mm-hmm. have been a you know pastor, um, still consider myself, even though it you know I'm not I don't get a salary for it, but I still feel like I'm in that place. Yeah. But like, Absolutely. you know, my dad and I'm part of the Vineyard movement, even still. Yeah. And they say, you know, you got to have spiritual people above you to keep you in line and, yeah. and all of this, and it's a way to. Keep a check and balance on a guy, sure. right? Or yeah. girl. Or yeah, lady. Yeah. Sorry, not girl. It's not politically correct. <laughs> lady. And, um, you know, so, but you're saying, and, and I really do um, agree with you in this way, that actually not caring about that at all makes my relationship with the divine so much more vibrant. Yeah. And even like, even at the beginning of this, you know, we we're talking about, uh, you know, Ramdas and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if I were to even say that to some of the people that are in my vineyard circle, they would be so weirded out by that. Yet I literally have be here now. And it's one of the best books that I've been diving into it's ever, so you know, incredible. And it's like the Holy spirit's in this. Yeah. And because the Holy spirit isn't, and I've said this before, he's not bound to a binding, you know, with yeah. the Bible and the Holy spirit is it's, living it's active it's god calling us and cultivating us and using all means to to draw people to himself for the fullness of life and yeah people question how can you have a vibrant faith in god without you know overseers without elders without a a, a small group without whatever and what i hear you saying is i have an amazing even probably better life in this nomadic state right now over these past two years than years before that. Yeah, um, I th- yeah, you're absolutely correct. And I, I think it has been, it's for this season. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, to tell you the truth, I am, I feel like you are uh, a part of um, sort of God bringing people into my life to help me I feel like this is what a, this is what accountability looks like. You know right. what I mean? Like, it, it's just it's <coughs> come, let us reason together. You know, the scripture says it's, right, it, right. it is. You know, and it's not it's not this like ah. Yeah, and it just I wish the church would stop worrying so much about 
their congregants having sex and just <laughs> drinking and just ah, uh, it's just so stupid. You know, because right. I'm just uh, that's the thing is like I, if I have to listen to one more pastor preach a sermon about thing about dangers that aren't relevant, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, dude, that is so true. <laughs> like, don't you erase that? No, 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 I'm... <laughs> no. <laughs> it's just. You know, like we're, we're like people talk about. You know, pastors talk about. You know, just some of the just most, like, nerf ball yeah. crap that I, I and I'm just kind of going. That's not a problem, really. Right. You know what I mean? And, and I, yeah, I, I just think that, man, there is, there is, there's something happening right now. Um, and I always hate saying there's something happening in the church because, like, I'm even tired of that word in the sense of just like, it, you know, so you're like, oh, we are God's people, you know, or we are the church, and I'm just kind of going like, the earth, like, yeah, everything in it, you know, is it's his. all his, it's man. all his, and the whole, and I, 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 one of the things that really transformed my life with, uh, you know, Rob Bell's. Um, interview with Richard Gore, which truly mm. changed my life, you know, is that he said, um, what, what we say is, you know, like you, like, like, would you like to accept Christ into your heart? Would you like, you know, instead of, um, the whole thing is being healed. Mm. Would you like to be a part of that? You know what I mean? Like, yes. isn't that so right, much right. different yes, than yes, do you want to yes. believe in something? And I just, it's happening, you know, like, and it's happening in such a different way than our corporate American church institutional infrastructure is is creating. Like it, it's just so beyond that. And I, I, I don't I, I you know I don't want anyone listening to this right now who's who's going to church every Sunday to stop. I want you to figure this out for yourself, you know? Yeah. Um maybe maybe your maybe your uh, mission is not to stop. Like maybe your, uh, maybe God's plan for you is is for you to to be a part of of that world. But I think something is changing, and I I actually wrote down like yeah, if, if I were to compare the gospel to something we see and experience in nature, it would be a river. Like mm-hmm. we think of a river like rafting or kayaking, and sometimes the ride's smooth, sometimes it's treacherous, and filled with obstacles, diversions, drop offs. And almost always being flipped upside down. Yeah, you're gonna experience that on a river at some point, you know. And, and but that's not what the church is reflecting today. Like what the church is reflecting today looks more like a lazy river. Like <laughs> we're, we're all just floating by. We've got our SPF 50 on. We like we've got our group, our tribe, our people, and we're just floating. And just like a lazy river we're going nowhere and we end up right where we started, you know? And, right. and like, to me, that's today's American corporate church gospel. On the other hand, like the river is dangerous and uncertain, but we're going places yeah. with that. And that's like, that's the gospel I, I hear whenever I read the scriptures, Yeah, you know? And how has that changed for you, by the way, like for, reading the scriptures? How's that? How is that? impact that you have you personally I've taken a break and people mm-hmm. and I even know like people listening <laughs> to this are going to be like buddy you're getting into some yeah 
dangerous waters, they you all, know. They're always southern too. I love. <laughs> I I feel I so too. guilty. I do it too. I feel so guilty doing my that. My family's from North Carolina, and I yeah. Oh I, my I gosh, <laughs> I feel so bad about that because. You know, a podca- another podcast I listen to, I've not really been into it lately, but for a while I was in the Bad Christian podcast, you know, and those dudes are so Southern and like, but they're, you know, they're progressive, you know, for sure. But, um, <clears throat> you know, it, I've taken this kind of intentional, kind of unintentional break from the Bible for a while and I am revisiting it now and it's... It's so bizarre, and it's funny that I even mentioned Bad Christian Podcast, um, because, like, I, I've not listened to it in, for weeks. I've been on a big, like, Duncan Trussell, Joe Rogan kick, talking about simulation theory and crazy <laughs> stuff like that. But um, it's I, I tuned back in today, and I'm listening to this latest episode, and he's, Joey on this show is talking about, like, that he's not read the Bible for a while, and now his home group is going back into it. And that's exactly where I'm at. Mm-hmm. I, I've taken a break. I've not, I've read it here and there, maybe like a verse a day sort of thing or whatever. Right, right. My dad was in town and he talked about, you know, first Timothy or whatever. So I read back through that really quick. Mm-hmm. You realize how quick you can actually read the Bible whenever you're not trying to like actually study it and like meditate on it when you're yeah. just like, you're just reading it, you yeah, know? Absolutely. I'm like, yeah, I read first Timothy in like 10 minutes. He's like, what? What yeah. you, you know, well, I was I just read it, you know, I just like read it like it was like a blog yeah. post, you know. So I didn't have candles phone. lit around me, like going speak to me. Today. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't like the Odavina it or whatever. Yeah. You know, I just just read the thing, you know. And but even in reading that, I read it so differently. And so I've been going back through Mark, and the other morning, and you know, I know people are gonna listen to this, and certainly, you know, direct all your hate mail, you know, to my email address, whatever. Podcast at gmail.com. I never check it. So you can send it all there. <laughs> you can give it mine too if you want. Yeah. But I've been reading this, you know, Ram Das Be Here Now. And but before I read that, I've been getting, like I said, back into Mark. And I was reading about in Mark 1 and John the Baptist says, I'm baptizing you with water, mm-hmm. uh, which is an old Jewish practice. Christians kind of forget that. Like mm-hmm. baptism happened before Christianity. Right. Uh, and then <laughs> He says, but, you know, the one that comes after me will baptize you with the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. you know, and just what that was. And once again, too, the Holy Spirit was around before Acts 2 yeah, yeah. people, you know. So <laughs> uh, just FYI, yeah. you know what I'm saying? You know, like uh, the kingdom of God is a thing before the resurrection of Jesus. You know? Right. So stuff that, you know, we, we mm-hmm. kind of have made in our narratives or whatever. Yeah. But I'm reading this and I'm thinking about the the text where John the Baptist preparing the way saying that Jesus will come well that one, he didn't even know that it's Jesus his cousin mind you yeah. okay he doesn't know that his cousin's the dude that should tell you that's something so about the humanity of Jesus okay yeah you know uh, that's a whole nother thing I could tangent on and I digress <laughs> but the fact is is that like he is going to reveal to you this very essence and nature of who you are like the holy spirit he's going to bring this radical human experience to you mm-hmm. that is free from this religious bondage that we're walking in right now and and all of this stuff and i was reading you know ramdas be here now about his experience the first time that you know he was 
basically, you know, on psychedelics, you know, (laughs) and he was like, had this really gnarly experience where he was outside of himself and it was the first time he realized that he is more than just this physical body that Mm. that he truly is something that transcends all physicality and like but he was a um you know a professor and at that point in time his paradigm was is you know the body is all there is when you die it all ceases to exist which i've actually really kind of been on that lately and it was actually through Ramdas' story that I'm. It reignited me about the reality of what the spirit is and the Holy Spirit, and mm-hmm. and that I, I do transcend this body. And what does that really look like? And yeah. My point is, is that like, it wouldn't have been, um, it, it, without my sabbatical from the Bible, I would have never read that text and Mark the way I did, paralleled with Ramdas's "Be Here Now." You know, which Ramdas is an American dude named Richard Alpert. Right. So, <laughs> which is amazing. So, it. you know, but we'll, we'll go with his name. Yeah, so, no pastor would have ever suggested you do that. No. You know what I mean? But I felt so, let's use a Christian word here, uh, edified by that. <laughs> yes. I felt so excited that morning. And I shared it with Lindsay and my wife, and she was really enlightened by that and just this this hope and yeah. of like the words of Jesus being solidified through extra biblical non-christian literature yeah absolutely how does like how does that happen and and how can it be wrong and i always say this if the spirit of truth is leading me to truth how is that wrong yeah oh man how? Yeah. Like, really? How How am I off base? How am I uh, a backslider? How am I not in tune with the Spirit of God if I feel more closely, divinely connected through the written word? Yeah. And that, you that, know? that's why you people will be like, well, you're rebelling against God. And I go, no, I'm rebelling against your institution. Mm. Like, we're human beings. Like, we created this, man. You know what I mean? Like, we have I, I, I'm, I'm you know just finished reading a book that I think we talked about called The Bible Tells Me So and by Peter Enns if you haven't read it read it it's it's really eye opening it's on my list and, for sure and I just I've been so like fascinated by the just the the humanity of the Bible mm. you know because all I've ever been told and taught is like, this is God's word. Come down straight from heaven. Right. You know what I mean? No errors whatsoever. Right. Which is only a hundred year old idea. I, but, yeah. You know, yeah. Like, go ahead. I, I think that's interesting. I'll, we'll have to talk more about that. But like, I just, when I, when I listen to, you know, even read Paul or, or Mark or just, um, John and, yeah. Richard Rohr refers to it, the Bible. Um, he, he's quoting someone else. I can't remember what their name was, but talks about it being a text in travail. Hmm. That it's this, if you read it, you'll see people, they're struggling. Yeah. They're struggling with the reality of God in their lives. Like they're struggling with the reality of how, how are they supposed to not live for themselves and hmm. follow our our natural inclinations, which is to be selfish, you know, mm. and, to, and to look out for each other and, and like, and to want to, um, 
be good for for the sake of edifying ourselves and for the sake of you know making ourselves feel good about ourselves yeah you know like and they're struggling and it's like they're they're getting it and then they don't get it it's yeah. two steps forward three steps back and we take this bible and we just put it on this pedestal and and we're just like here it is plain and simple can't take and you know we was like can't take anything away from it can't can't add add anything to it and i just i look at it and I, i'm so thankful for it i love the bible now more than ever i do too people right? don't get it that. I, people don't get it isn't that weird i i love it now more than ever and i i really do and i just i see humanity i see um even richard Rohr talks about this idea of of how he's like you know what you you will find hints of anti-semitism at the end of john's gospel and you're like what like but no but god told him to say that and it's like he's a human being dude john is mystic af too know, you know dude. if i can be cool like I the teenagers know, and I, <laughs> I just find it so, i just find it so you know fascinating and I, I i remember having this conversation with a family member recently and i was like you know if the bible was completely expunged off the face of the the earth. Men in Black came. They burned all of the copies, and they Men in Blacked us with that little mind eraser. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And we had no idea about about the existence of the Bible. Over time, we would come up with a new one because all the Bible is 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 a copy of our experience with the divine. Yes. <laughs> it's, yes. And it's beautiful and we have so much to learn from it. Um, but, you know, it's like, is it okay? Like, are you okay if I don't think that what Paul says about homosexuality relates to monogamous homosexual relationships that we see today? Mm-hmm. Like, is it okay if I feel that way? Like, can, you know what I mean? Like, can I? A lot of people are like, you can't. You can't mess with that. And, you know, and I'm just kind of going, is it okay if I think that Paul is wrong about some things? Dude, that's, <laughs> that, dude, that's a whole nother podcast yeah, right we there. Don't have to get but it. I, I 100% agree. And people say, oh, well, then you're, you're calling Paul a liar. And that was actually a really big, um, touchy subject you bring up Paul and and you know agreeing and disagreeing with him um you know I I posted uh, on the last season I did Institutional Exodus mm-hmm. the first episode I did was with my friend Malik and I love that guy dude he's awesome so good so rad <laughs> if you live in southwest Florida and you're not familiar with Curate you're missing out on life but um you know he's he's awesome guy but I must have alluded to basically like I don't believe that Paul's writings are inspired or something like that. And somebody told on me or whatever, you know, and it got back through the grapevine. And, you know, I'm still connected and whatever. So people yeah. are asking me, you know, what I, you know, all this stuff. And it, it's really made me think like, you know, well, Paul is just a dude too trying to figure it out. And as a matter of fact, Paul is a Pharisee. Mm-hmm. And I think we have the, and people don't want to admit this, and people probably, once again, direct your hate mail to my <laughs> Gmail account, but Paul, what we have the opportunity of seeing is a very human man that had um, amazing ability uh, and amazing zeal in his religion have an, a real experience with God that he didn't have a framework for, yeah. and we get to see him writing 
um, his experience through that. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of time that elapsed between the Bible. We read it so quickly, but I think we, we get to see Paul like, here's a Pharisee still trying to work out his Pharisee-ness. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, absolutely. And people would be so mad by that. Oh, he was Saul, now he's Paul. Okay, I get that, whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, he's still fundamentally at the core of that same being. And he had that paradigm and and he he really was colonizing the Christian religion. I mean, Jesus did not come to create a religion. He came to purify the, the Jewish yeah. religion. Yeah. He did not came to come to start a new religion. Yeah. And, you know, Absolutely. he makes statements like, you know, new wine for new wine skins. You can't put that. And people would say, oh, he's talking about a new religion there. Well, he's actually being super mystic right mm-hmm. there. Yeah. And if you have the eyes to see, yeah. like he says, if you have an ear to hear, let him hear, you know, it's all like, there. <laughs> yeah. And he's, he's alluding to this, this new understanding and interpretation of a very old religion. Mm-hmm. And Paul comes across that. And it, it was basically another denomination. And he's like, you know, ultimately there's like humans do, they part ways, they split, they, yeah. they, they there's a fork in the road mm-hmm. and you see, and, and I'll even put this out on record. I had this thought recently about, and I'll digress. I know I'm kind of hijacking a little, but no, dude, by all means. So you know, you have Mormonism, right? Mm-hmm. And and you have Joseph Smith, who gets this revelation from God. Well, Mormonism was very super small after that, when the Book of Mormon was written and things. Um, and it, people, I mean, he died as a heretic. Mm-hmm. He died as someone who was, you know, uh, against the institutional uh, machine, mm-hmm. and that actually fueled it more. I.e., let's look back at Jesus. Yeah. He was someone who was against the institutional machine, had a message that was different, had a new revelation from God, yeah. and the institution and the, the political system killed him. Mm-hmm. Kind of in the 1800s, what happened there. And it was a very small sect of yeah. Christianity. Brigham Young comes along. Mm-hmm. And he takes it to another level and he gets people behind it. And he's going from city to city and making this a big thing. And he's taking it to the promised land. Mm -hmm. It's almost verbatim Jesus and Paul. Yeah. Because he actually, Brigham Young didn't really know Joseph Smith very well. He -hmm. was introduced to the teaching from somebody else. Now somebody can direct your mail to me if I'm wrong on that. But my Wikipedia has, has told me that. And it's just like, what that tells me is when somebody has such a stark message that is similar yet so different to the to the institution that is and so he believes in it so much that he dies for it somebody else that comes along after him that sees that they say this has to be the true thing and they take it to another level yeah. and we see Paul working through that through the epistles yeah absolutely so it's a super long way of no, saying absolutely. that but like so He's working through how he feels about, you know, homosexuality mm-hmm. and, and what's sin and what's in the kingdom and what's not of the kingdom. And Yeah. But you have to remind ourselves, Paul didn't even walk around with Jesus. Yeah, exactly. I mean... It's bizarre, isn't it? It's bizarre. And we, we take Paul's words just as serious, I would say, even more seriously than Jesus' words. Yeah. You Absolutely. I, Sorry, I'm not no, no, I I jagging a little. But, because you know. I, I mean, I I have so much I have so much respect for Paul. You know, because me too. He, I will say, he's me too. Working it out. Yes. You know, like that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to we're supposed to work it out. Um, and you know, 
Paul was like, oh, I get it. I'm supposed to work it out without killing these people. Yeah. <laughs> I get it, you know, and... And he gets it right a lot. Yeah. You know, but the great, you know, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. Yeah. You know, he... I'm not saying that Paul's an idiot. I'm not saying that I don't believe that his words are inspired. Neither do I, yeah. But I do think that we need to, A, not elevate Paul's words over Jesus' words. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And two, I think that, like, man, how much could we learn if we really did allow the Gospels to shape us more than Romans and the epistles? Yeah. And, and, And not that it has to be an either or. You know, I know what you mean, though. You get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like, what if we came to it first with these Gospels? I often tell people, what would you do if you only had Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and that was it? Yeah. How different would, would our Christianity look? Right. Absolutely. Well, we wouldn't have small groups. Uh, no, house, house churches, I should say. That's funny. That's super funny. Like, we want to do it just like the early Christians did it, you know. And yeah. And like, yeah, but they met in... They, they met in everybody's house because they had to. And yeah, they, they're their comments, their comments, you know, were like, what's God teaching you this week? It's like, so uh, the Smiths have been killed for not paying their taxes uh, and they have four children. So which of us are going to take them in? Right. <laughs> you know I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And it's like, you want to do you want to do home church like the original Christians did or, you know, like, come on. that's Then get to China, dude, yeah, because it's exactly. not here in the U.S., man. But. Uh, I had a couple of, like, just a thought. It's so weird because I I was kind of going over just some, some notes and, like, some things that I've been reading recently. Yeah. And today, before I came over here, I was, um, do you need to, like, pause for a second? No, okay. sorry. Uh, no worries. So, like, today, um, I was killing some time uh, before I came over here. And I was, uh, I saw that that movie, Lincoln, with Daniel Day-Lewis, is on Netflix. Have mm. you ever, ever seen that? Mm-mm. Oh man, it's wonderful. I mean, if you love Daniel Day Lewis, you'll you'll absolutely love this. Or Lincoln, if you love Lincoln, you'll love it. Um, I think I saw the preview for it, but yeah. I've not watched it yet. Um, so like, there's this conversation that um, Lincoln is having with uh, Thaddeus Stevens, who's a member of the House of Representatives, and like, um, Thaddeus tells him like, you you claim you trust them, but you don't know what the people are. Uh, you know that the inner compass that should direct the soul toward justice has ossified white men and women north and south. And this is uh, Tommy Lee Jones who's mm, playing the part. Really? And I love it because he says, you know, he says, uh, you know that the inner compass that should direct the soul towards justice has ossified. <laughs> and I love the way he says that. Has ossified in white men and women north and south until utter uselessness through tolerating the evil of slavery. White people cannot bear the thought of sharing this country's abundance with Negroes. Mm. And Lincoln responds and says, A compass I learned when I was surveying. It'll point you true north from where you're standing. Uh, But it's got no advice about the swamps and deserts and chasms that you'll encounter along the way. If in pursuit of your destination you plunge ahead heedless of obstacles and achieve nothing more than to sink in a swamp then what is the use of knowing true north Hmm. and i was thinking about that i was like gosh man like the bible the bible isn't true north the bible is a compass and it points toward true north but it's not itself true north Hmm. and like lincoln was suggesting there are times when the only way to head toward true north is to go in a completely different direction. 
Hmm. And I think that that's kind of what we experience with with the Bible and how people are like, it doesn't seem like you're really following it. It's just like, I'm going, I'm heading toward what I honestly feel is true north. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't look like, it doesn't look like what you think it is. And, and But I just thought that was such a beautiful idea of that, like sometimes the only way to go true north is to take a different route. Sometimes yeah, you have yeah. to head east or west. And, Sometimes you have to backtrack. Right, know? right. And yeah, I don't know. That's Yeah, and so sometimes we we approach the scriptures as that, but we realize that maybe even what's happening in our own life has to traverse maybe east or west first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Before that because I mean and even adding to that, it's like because what if true north maybe isn't an option where you're currently standing? Yeah. You have to, you know, venture. Absolutely. And I think that's what the Holy Spirit is, is that the Holy Spirit always leads us to true north. Yeah. The Spirit of God does. Yeah. Not, you know, and and (laughs) I don't know if you've ever watched any of these, like, charismatic uh, documentaries, like Finger of God or anything like that. So, well, (laughs) yeah, I'm from from a charismatic movement, so of course. But uh, there's one... um, uh, Holy Ghost or, or something like that recently. I don't know. Bethel did it or whatever, you know. Which, oh, Bethel. Which in Reading, <laughs> people, like, they think they're, like, you know, doing the Lord's work. Everybody else thinks they're a ridiculous cult. Yeah. I don't know if they know that yeah, or not. Yeah. <laughs> well, they do now if they're listening. Everybody else, they think you're, like, a cult, dude. So calm down a little bit. But, um, you know, uh, I was watching that, that movie and... Um, one thing that I actually pulled from it that was really good that that Bill Brian Johnson, Bill Johnson, whoever the dude is up there. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm not good with you know all the charismatic stuff, but I don't follow it closely. Mm-hmm. But he said, you know, we what we've done in the in the Western world is we've said, you know, it's Father, Son, and Holy Bible. Yeah, oh, and that's you great. know, and it's Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And we've lost the key element of understanding the spirit of God and, and the reality that the thing that keeps all of this alive is the spirit. I don't know if he said that, but I did. And we we forget that, you know, the yeah. father is is certainly, you know, and I'm not done listening to Richard Gord's book on the Trinity yet. You know, I need to get back on it. But, you know, where I'm at right now is like there's this father, God, Jesus. He comes and he, the only thing that he knows is is God. And the only thing I see that I can do is what I see my father in heaven doing. And he has all this mystic language about I and the father are one, but I can only do what the father's doing. And you know, the only thing we can make of that is, I don't know, Trinity, you know, but the spirit of God is still active today. And that's what continues to pull us and grow us and shape us and give us life and give us acknowledgement of the beauty and the divine and the reconciliation. Yeah. And I mean, the only real, um, you know, mission that Paul gives people is that we would be reconcilers. Sure. Like the only real like blueprint for quote ministry is that we would reconcile the world to God yeah. that we would say be reconciled and what does it look like to be agents of reconciliation in all areas you know yeah and so I feel like you know the spirit of God is what does that 
He's always bringing comfort. He's always bringing reconciliation. And I feel like sometimes we we discredit that uh, what the Spirit of God might be doing, you know, because of this kind of you know um, people once again direct your hate mail. This Wikipedia of a Bible that we got. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, absolutely. That's so a good way of putting it. I, 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 you know, people have made edits and done things, whatever, unprecedented, and ditched things, and you know, yeah. And what about those other hundred authors that didn't get put in there? Yeah. You know, and all sorts of stuff. But mm-hmm. I'll digress on the Bible. I love the Bible. What I hear you saying is you do too, and and even in your place of being a nomad, of kind of venturing into this, you know, journey of faith. Mm-hmm. Um, that you have a great love for the Bible, that you feel like that you are connecting with God in new and unique ways, yeah. in things that kind of have questioned um, the status quo, yet this fullness of life continues to be, you know? Absolutely. Like, if I could say in Jesus' words, the abundant life. Yeah, right? <laughs> no, absolutely. That's what we want, right? Right. You know, and, and it's... Uh, it isn't predicated on on believing the right things, you know. Like 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 Rob Bell said to Richard Rohr, you know, the the whole thing is being healed. Yeah. You know, um, do you want to be a part of that? You know, like and mm. and I think that there is just I, I think for right now in terms of like all right, Josh, like what do you think that what do you think that the Christian Church and 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 Christians should kind of position themselves how should we position ourselves in culture and society today i would i would say number one stop being so damn mission-minded and just be with people just be a neighbor yeah you know what i mean And, and i just this whole just ex like exploding or the inflation of the Great Commission, mm. the, the the Great Commission doesn't need us to inflate it y- anymore. Yeah, you know what I mean. I, I just, it's like you know, go and, and make disciples, and we we hear we hear those words, and we just think they go and make converts. Right. You know, and it's just like there's there there has to be more than that. You know, I mean, it's just. That's what that's what Amway salesmen tell their clients to go and sell our product. Like it's not yeah, fucking, yeah, yeah. it's not fucking Mary Kay. Right. You yeah. Know? I almost got into the Congan water thing a few weeks ago too. <laughs> yeah. Like it, Whoops. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's it's it is just it is a way to to just live fully you know in this world. And it, it involves st- it involves the Bible. It involves other things besides the Bible. It involves Ram Dass. Like, it, mm-hmm. you know, and we have this fear, like, well, you're just saying that all religions are equal and everything. It's like, no, I, I'm not I'm not saying that. You know, I, 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 it's just like, it's just the least of our fears. Like, it, it should be at least. Yeah. Like, this whole idea, and because we're afraid, like, make no mistake about it, like, uh, like people that, come that are in our past you know that from the upbringing that we came from they're afraid to read books like Ram Dass yeah. might be here now because it's like 
it's Ramdas, you know, and there are people that are afraid to call Michael Gunger, you know, Vishnu. And, and it's like, why? Like, we have to explore that idea of like, why are we so afraid yeah. of that? Like, you know, it's like, do you want me to quote scripture to you? Like, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. Right. You know? And like, we shouldn't cower at that stuff. Right, 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 you right. Know? And it's just like, be a part of the world. Understand, understand the world's religions. You have a Hindu neighbor? get to know them yeah and stop trying to invite them to church like if you want that's fine you know what i mean like if it yeah. comes up naturally but they don't need to come to your church they need to come into your home they need a really good neighbor absolutely they need a yeah. really good neighbor and and i i really think like that piece of god is you know the whole thing's being healed yeah and inviting you i think that's an amazing amazing piece to leave on and i think that me and you Need to do some more podcast <laughs> episodes. So. Buddy, I have to say, before we take off, I love the fact that you came here. Thank you for coming here and starting a podcast instead of a church. You may still start a church later on, but thank you for starting this first. Mm. I think this is a lot more significant for right now. And you're being thoughtful and mindful. And I'm telling you, like, a church is a hell of a lot more glamorous you know, and you'd be making mm. a lot more money right now <laughs> if you had started a church, probably. But like, this is harder, mm. you know, in my opinion, because it's it's thoughtful. Mm. Um, but yeah, not to say I'll be disappointed if you ever start a church. Yeah. Day, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like you coming out here with the intention to start a church, and then starting this instead, and feeling convicted that we need to wait, and and I just think it's. It's something that not a whole lot of people, you know, have the courage to to stop and reflect. Mm. And that, I just think that's what, we need so much more reflection. You know, yeah, like, yeah. just, because we're so comfortable. We're so comfortable in our, in our, and church is a comfortable place. You know, like, church has the best AC, has the best seats, you know. And, and, <laughs> totally. And, and we're not, you know, like, we're not called to that, right? You know, right. some of us aren't, I should say. And I, I'm so happy. That, mm. that you're doing what you're doing so dude thank you thank for you me. dude thank thank you so much <laughs> drummer from wang chung stop that being <laughs> <laughs> no one knows who wang chung is. <laughs> oh there's some 45 year old lady listening right now that is gonna wang chung tonight that's for sure josh thanks so much and please come on the show again so yeah, absolutely man I, it would be a pleasure thanks man yeah. Well, thank you so much for tuning into the Spiritual Nomad podcast. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Josh. Uh, connect with us on social media at Spiritual Nomad Podcast. Uh, that's a great place to get up to date with what's going on. I also post on there just a lot of stuff that encourages me and inspires me. So we'd love to connect with you on there. Uh, also, you might want to hit subscribe uh, so you know when the new episodes are coming out as well. I got a couple more in the works and I think you're really going to like them. So thank you for tuning in and we will see you next time.